Awesome. Well, I do have a teaching this morning. I, I, this, this has been burning on my heart for a few years, actually, that I have wanted to share this, this message. And I know, I really believe, I know how this is going to finish this morning. I really feel like the Lord wants to actually um, break off the fear of man. And I really believe he wants to baptize people in the Holy Spirit this morning. And I was praying about, you know, the birth of the church. And, you know, I shared last week about the Ruach of God and how the breath of God, you know, it's when Adam walked in the cool of the day with the Lord, how that is the word Ruach. And that is the breath of God or the Spirit of God and how they, Adam walked in with the Spirit of God and how the, the Spirit of God would come and it would hover and then it would bring order to chaos. And that happened in, in Exodus, happened all throughout Scripture, with Noah, the same. Actually, it's fascinating seeing the, the, the patterns of Genesis and then of Noah, when Noah came and landed, the similarities that happened in, in, with those two stories are just, are just brilliant. And Noah is really a picture of the baptism of water. The old gone, the new has come. And that's what it is. It wipes away the, the sin and the, the, you know, the, the destruction and anything that's standing in the way of love. And then we have this ark on the water that then lands and then plants a vineyard. And, but before that, we have the dove that gets sent out, right? And then we have Jesus where the dove comes and remains. And it's the, they use the word pneuma in, in the Greek, um, but it's the same word that can be translated ruach or pneuma or the breath of God. And so here we have Jesus in the water coming up out and then we have the dove that comes and remains, right? And um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the baptism of the Spirit, but I'm also going to touch on and talk about this thing called praying in tongues. And because we ha I haven't heard it in a church for a long time. And this is the picture that I have. This is an old story, but... Um, you know, there was a man on a, on a boat and his, his uh, Jewish, you know, brother gave him some tickets and uh, to this boat trip from, you know, Europe to America and he was on the boat and uh, he was really poor and they, you know, they didn't, he just saved up some peanuts and some crackers and he had his family of seven on the boat and they would eat pretty poor the whole time and on the last night of the boat, it was a three-month journey he thought, you know what, I'm going to treat my family. I've saved some pennies and some coins and I've got them in my jacket and I'm just going to bless my family and going to, we're going to go up to the big banquet where there's the, you know, the harps playing and the violins and we're going to go up there and we're going to eat you know, really well. And he comes up and he says, hey, you know, how much for the meal you know, to go into the, this beautiful banquet? And the guy at the door says, what do you mean? He says, it's all included in the ticket." Oh dang! I <laughs> know oh, it's a made-up story, I think, but it's it paints it paints. I hope, <laughs> but it paints the picture. And I, I think honestly, the gifts of tongues and praying in the spirit is one of those things that it's not. And I'm gonna I am gonna correct something that I think has been often talked about. It's not a salvation issue, 
but it is something that we have access to and it's like, well, why not? Let's just have access to it. And, you know, and so it's not a salvation issue because the man, I've had many discussions with people about this. And when I went to Bible college, it was, you know, a hot topic and it's, you know, unfortunately in churches you can bring out certain topics and it's like just divides the room, you know, (laughs) and tongues unfortunately has often been one of those things. And so, um, yeah, it doesn't get talked about a lot, but uh, the man on the cross where Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise, as far as I know, he never spoke in tongues. I reckon Jesus was correct though. And he was in paradise. All right? And Jesus actually never, as far as we know, never spoke in tongues. And so I don't think it's a salvation issue, but I do believe it's in the scriptures. <laughs> it's in your Bible, right? And, uh, and so I want to do a little bit of teaching, but I really, I really am more going after um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and breaking off the fear of man because... The Lord spoke to me and he said, you know, I was praying and I was asking him, what do, what do you want to do in this house? And one of the things that kept coming up yesterday, even we shared about it on Thursday night at our prayer night, which again was just phenomenal, powerful night, uh, was that God's doing something. It, it feels like a, a new beginnings here. It feels like, and I shared jokingly last week that we're planting the church for the fourth time, but that's what it feels like. It feels like this is the beginning of a new church plant in that sense. And so, um, you know, I, I thought, you know what, the Lord just spoke to me about this and about the baptism of the Spirit. And that's really what he did. You know, in John 20, 22, in John 20, 22, he said, um, receive the Holy Spirit when he walks into the, into the room. And then he says, do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the Spirit from on high. So it's, it's, it's in there. <laughs> and he says, when the Spirit comes, you will receive power. You, you will receive dunamis. And I just want to say this. Whether you speak in tongues or you don't speak in tongues is not what I'm trying to get at this morning. I believe personally that the number one sign that you have received power or received the spirit from on high is you walk in love. I believe that's the number one because otherwise we're a clanging symbol that profits us nothing. So you can have all the whiz-bang tools of the gospel, but if you don't walk in love, it profits nothing. And I really, want to, I really want to be a house that is known by our love for one another and our love for the lost and our love for people. And, uh, and so that should be the number one. It's like people should look at us and go, man, oh man, that person loves well. They must be endowed with the Holy Spirit from on high. Amen? Yeah. All right. If you have your Bibles... Turn with me to Ephesians 6. We're going to jump around a little bit, but that's going to be our starting passage. Ephesians 6. 
we have three um, eyes here, not three eyes as in looking eyes, but core truths, core pillars that are, we, we kind of base everything off. And it's identity in God, intimacy with, the, you know, intimacy with God, and then the increase of his kingdom. So we're first identity, we're first sons and daughters of God, and that, that then allows us to have access of intimacy with, with the Father. And then out of that, we increase the kingdom everywhere that we go. And it's not the other way around. We don't increase the kingdom to get intimacy, to get our identity. It's identity, intimacy, increase. And it's really important that that stays that way. And so um, Ephesians 6 here says that in verse 15, and this is the armour of God. I'll read from verse 14. It says, Stand therefore, having fastened um, on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes... For your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. How awesome is that that the darts of the evil one are on the outside, not on the inside? That's good. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit. With all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me. So here Paul's addressing, he's saying, put on the full armor of God, praying at all times in the spirit. That's a part of the full armor of God, is praying at all times in the spirit. There it is, praying at all times. In the spirit, in the pneuma, with the spirit of God, keeping in step with the spirit of God. The sons and daughters of God are led by human reasoning in ways that seem right to men. No, they're led by the spirit of God. When I got born again, I got born, we got born again. I just want to hit that for a second. I got born again, no longer born of the will of man, but born of God, born from above, right? And those that know my story, and I was actually talking about this with my adopted mum a couple, couple of nights ago. We were talking about my salvation experience. I was 14. I gave my life to Jesus in my girlfriend's bedroom at the time. I knelt down and I prayed the prayer and I received the Holy Spirit. And then she started talking to me, talking to me about the baptism of the Spirit and praying in another language. And I was like, sounds good. Sign me up. <laughs> If that's in there, I want it all. I want to be that man on the boat that's not sitting there in his cabin. I want everything that the Lord has to offer. Now, you didn't need to convince me of the spiritual world. I'd had conversations with the demonic. Talked to them face to face, seen them. Not like thoughts or kind of shadows, seen them. So you didn't need to convince me of a spiritual realm. And she's like, well, this is, you know, this is a, a tool that the, the Lord can use for you to build yourself up in the spirit and for also to, to pray in a heavenly language that the Lord has given you. And I was like, I want that. Sign me up, right? And so a week later we prayed and I started speaking in some weird language and, uh, and then um, and, uh, instantaneously the demonic stopped, right? Because now I have access to the spirit. Do you understand? And, uh, and so if we go to Jude 
Jude 20. You can go there or I'll just read it. It says this, uh, Jude 20, I'll read from verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads us to eternal life. If we jump to Romans 8 real quick, getting you, getting you to read your Bible. Hey, Sean. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Romans 8. Let's just read this. Hmm. You do know we're in a spiritual, like we live in a spiritual world. Yeah, you guys, you guys are with me in that. There's a spiritual world out there. There's demons. They're real. They're real. They're not... It, it like you know, Mark, look, actually, let's put a finger in Romans eight. Let's go to Mark sixteen. Listen to this. Mark sixteen, verse sixteen. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs, verse 17, will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. That's number one. <laughs> number two, they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Wow. That's like the elementary things that Jesus is talking about. Cast out demons, heal the sick, speak in new tongues. They'll pick up serpents. I've never fully understood that one. I wonder, just a thought, if it's referring to what happened with Adam and Eve in the garden serpent comes along that you can actually now pick them up and they will not harm you it's just a thought i've had don't take that to the bank just a thought <laughs> if we go back now to romans 8 and we'll go to verse 22 we'll start at for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, redemption of our bodies. For in this we hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray, for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed 
to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he called, whom he called, he justified, whom he justified, he glorified. The spirit is groaning inwardly, not for more business, not for more performance, or not for more whatever. It's groaning for sons and daughters of God to be revealed. And that whole passage, it actually says that the Spirit's groaning and interceding. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding. You've got the Father drawing men unto themselves, right? It's all about our identity in God and who we are as sons and daughters of God and that we would actually walk in that and walk in the Spirit of God. And if we go, this will be our last verse, I think, but if we go to 1 Corinthians 14... And then let me just have a few thoughts. Where are we? One Corinthians fourteen. This is Paul. Pursue love. That's why I say it has to be love. Pursue love, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue, so this is, he's obviously answering a letter. They've obviously written to Paul and he's answering a letter. He's answering questions that they have asked of him, right? For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to um, men, but to God. For no one understands him but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for the upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in tongues builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues. There it is. But even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. So here, and Paul goes on, but he, here he's talking about if I stand up here and I do not speak a single word in English and I just start praying in tongues and I'm like, you know, shakarabasi, and I just preach for 20 minutes, he's like, that has no benefit to the church unless someone gives an interpretation of the tongue. Does that make sense? You guys all right with that? Cool. Will you agree? <laughs> Good. Right? If you don't, speak to Lisa. Um, no. <laughs> and whereas he's saying we all can speak in tongues and there's praying in tongues and then there's preaching in tongues. Right? And that was obviously taking place in the Corinthian church. And Paul's coming and he's saying, hey, listen, don't just get up and preach in a tongue that needs an interpretation because it benefits the body, right? But there is praying in tongues. He doesn't shut that down. He's like, there is praying in tongues. I desire that you all would pray in the spirit, right? He, and then he goes on. He actually even addresses, he says, tongues is for the unbeliever. You know how he says that? It's weird. You would think tongues would be for the believer, 
if you go to Isaiah, I'll just read this to you, but in Isaiah 28 verse 11, it says this. For by people of strained lips and with a foreign tongue, the Lord will speak to his people. Paul says tongues is for the unbeliever because he's actually saying, I'm speaking to those that know the Old Testament. They would know that there'll come a day when God will speak to his people through a foreign tongue. And he said that happened in Acts 2. So it's for the unbeliever. It's for them to look and go, oh, Isaiah 28 has been fulfilled. I shared last week about the Tower of Babel, how he scattered them and scattered their language. Um, some translations and some theologians um, believe the Tower of Babel wasn't a upward um, tower, but it was actually a grand tower and it was a or grand building, uh, almost in the same way that the temple in Jerusalem was built. A very they believe it was a very similar blueprint. But um, they believe that the tower was, uh, what they were doing was obviously wrong. And so it said God basically closed the heavens and scattered their language. And in Acts 2, he renders the heavens and every tribe and tongue that was present heard the gospel proclaimed in their native tongue. Isn't that incredible? It's a, there is a correlation between the Tower of Babel and that. And in Isaiah 28, he says that. He says, there'll come a day when I will speak through a foreign tongue. <laughs> we have been given this spirit of God to be led by the Spirit of God. We've been given the Spirit to not, you know, we are spiritual beings who have an earthly encounter, not the other way around. We're not earthly beings having a heavenly encounter. We are spiritual beings first. We have a spirit, we have a soul, we have a body, right? Romans 8.10 says that the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead wants to give life to our mortal bodies. And right now, we have a world out there that needs an encounter with Jesus. We have a world out there that is being taken for a ride in ways that seem right to a man. And we've been given the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead. John 7, 37 is one of my favorite scriptures. I think, I think the Lord wrote it just for me. Um, you can have it if you want to, but it's, it's, I own it, <laughs> right? And it's, it's just awesome. I didn't have this in my notes, but actually I don't have many notes at all. <laughs> I've got some scriptures up there. But John, listen to this, John seven thirty seven. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone's thirsty or thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit 
whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given. Why? Why had it not been given? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. In John 14, Jesus starts to say, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you with many rooms. He says, I'm going to prepare a place. And then John 14, if you read it, I've been living in John 14. That's been my, my home for the last couple of months. And I'm just reading it. And you read through the scriptures and he says, somewhere verse 22, I think it is, he says, it's better that I go because when I go, those who believe in me, we will come and make our home in them. That word home is the exact same word. I go to prepare a place for you with many rooms. It's the word mansion or abode. And then in John 15, he says, what does he say? Abide in me and I in you and you will produce much fruit. Right? There, is, there are people out there who they don't need, they don't need you to sit down and count, counsel demons. They need you to cast them out. I believe in counseling. I love that. I love like going on the journey of like, oh, I can see the threads and the process of how I got there and I need to change my mind and repent of that and give my mind over to the Lord, right? There's a place for that and we need that as well. It's not one or the other. But I believe there are times when it's like we're led by the Spirit of God and it's like actually that's a demon and it needs to come out. Jesus came to set people free. That's what he said. That was his idea. He said, I have come to set the captives free. I've come to give recovery of sight to the blind. Why does he say the blind? Do you know there's no one healed of blindness until Jesus steps on the scene? That's why John, when he's in prison, he says, shall we look for another? And Jesus says, tell John what I'm doing. I'm healing the sick. I'm casting out demons and the blind are seeing. And the poor have the gospel preached to him. John would have known when the Messiah comes on the scene, blind people start seeing. We just need to get back to some of our roots. We need to get back to some of this. It's like praying in the spirit at all times and that we're actually groaning within ourselves for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. And for whatever reason, I understand people can misuse gifts and I understand people can get weird and in the wrong way. I get it, right? <laughs> I've been in those churches where it's like, that looks extremely weird. Well, I'm not sure if it's the Lord, but it could be, <laughs> right? I've been in that place. You guys have heard me share this story where I, you know, we had a girl in a, in a church I was at that howled like a dog. You guys have heard this, where she howled like a dog and it was so distracting. And I was like, could you please shut up? And I'm pretty comfortable with a lot of stuff, but I was like, man, oh man, that just is annoying me. And that's like, go and do that somewhere else. 
and our friend was in the same year as her the next year. She said that woman had been tormented by her uncle and abused and tied up with outside with the dogs and the Lord was delivering her of the demonic and she got radically set free. And here I was doing what Michael did, David's wife, and was judging from a distance. I don't want to do that. Note to self. So we've made it a habit in our life, Shen and I, if we ever see something that we're not sure and we can't discern, we go and speak to the person and say, hey, what's going on for you right now? And that's all that probably needed to happen with that girl. That's just a little good practice to do. But we need the Spirit of God. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. We need to be in tune and in step with the Spirit of God. And I believe the Lord's given us this tool, this thing called praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, right, to build ourselves up. Jude 20, it talks about the building up of the faith, of our inner man. But then we've been also given the mandate to walk in the Spirit of God and not be bound by the fear of man and not be bound by what people think. When I started going on this journey of praying for people out in public, I was so scared, and I was like, I'd walk past people on crutches, and I'd be like, next one, Lord, I'll get the next one, you know? And I'd, I, you know, I'd walk past another person, I'd be like, oh, the next one, Lord, the next one. And I just, you know, someone said, you know what? What's, what if you, what, you know, what's, what are you afraid of? And I'm like, oh, what if it doesn't work? And they were like, whatever it does. We owe the world an encounter with Jesus. We don't owe an encounter with us. <laughs> we owe them an encounter with Jesus. And as I said last week, his ways are completely different. You know, I shared this last week. It's like putting a seed in a virgin from Bethlehem wouldn't have been my idea of global transformation. How do you pay for your taxes? He got it out of a fish's, you know, a fish's mouth. <laughs> he was so consumed, Peter was so consumed by the Spirit of God that his shadow healed people. I mean, that's awesome. That's incredible. Paul was so consumed by the Spirit of God that he was like breaking off handkerchiefs and sending them to sick people. Tongues of fire rested on people's heads and people saw it. Oh my goodness, that blows my mind. That's got to blow your mind. And the world right now, the world, Australia, our region, our families, right now, listen, I, 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 this, is, this is how I feel about when I talk like this, there's always people in the room, they're like, so are you saying that it needs to be weird in order to be the Spirit of God? No. Right? That's stupid on steroids, all right? Just slap yourself and just say that's not right. Okay? That's not what I'm saying. Okay? Right? I don't care how high you jump, as long as when you hit the floor, you're walking straight with the Lord. 
Amen? So it doesn't need to look weird to be God, right? I'm going to close with this story. Um, When we were at Bethel, so this was 2012, 2013, we had a great year. It was awesome. We loved it. We saw incredible miracles. We saw incredible things happen. Um, I reckon we saw over 50 people born again. Personally, that, that we led to the Lord. I, we saw, um, saw a woman healed of cancer, problems in her spleen, all, kind, it's all kinds of stuff. We had crazy encounters with God. We had awesome time, awesome time. And about a week before we were leaving, someone prophesied over me. I think I don't, I'm not sure if I've shared this story ever publicly. I may have once. And they said, the Lord's not finished with you yet. And I was like, I'm good. Like, I'm full. <laughs> I'm overflowing with the Lord. And he said, he's not done with you. And I'm not a, I'm not a like a manifesto. I'm pretty solid. Like, right, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I like authenticity. And it's, it needs to be that way for me. And I'm not interested in doing something for hype's sake. I don't care about that. I'm interested in the Lord, though. So I want to do what God's doing and saying. And this girl, this girl who was an intern of ours, her name's Carmel, and she was like, I was preaching at our, at our revival group. We had revival groups with 60 people in them that um, pastor would oversee. And I'm in this revival group and I'm preaching. I got to preach the last message of our group year. And I'm preaching. I can't even remember what I'm preaching and this girl is having an open vision. I could tell she's having an open vision. And what I'm sharing with you right now is not to say, wow, how amazing is that? It's, I want to do a couple of things. One is I want to provoke you for the more. But two, I want us as a church to go on a journey of what it means to host the Spirit of God well. For Him to come and not just visit but him to come and rest, to be the dove that gets flown out and it remains. That's what I'm getting at. Does that make sense? And so I wa- this is the only way I can describe it. Carmel sitting there and I'm walking, because generally when I preach I like to move around, but I'm on camera, so, right? And I'm walking and I walk past her and I'm like, I feel there was like the presence of God just like engulfed me. And I walked past and I'm like, huh, and it left. So I just turned around and went back. The presence of God was there. I was like, what is this? And he was, you know, Hebrews 5 says we have our senses trained to discern good and evil because of practice, right? Um, the only way I can describe this in a teaching session, setting is you, has anyone walked into a room and you've like felt depression? You're like, oh, I can feel depression in the room. Yeah? yeah? Right? Most of us have had that. Well, we've been given the authority to change the atmosphere. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world, right? So when we're, But you're sensing something. You're picking up. Even scientists now are catching up with the Bible. Um, and they're saying that um, people give off a six-foot radius of energy. 
shadow. Anyway. So here I'm like, what is that? That's the Lord. And she gives me this word. She says, when you're talking, she says, Jesus is in, he's in the room and he's ripping off demons and lies of people. There's life and death in the power of the... And I'm like, wow. So then it goes on. We're at an engagement party and Carmel comes up and she lays hands on me. Now I'm born again. I'm filled with the Spirit of God. I'm like, whoa. Had a great time. And she lays hands on me and I get electrocuted. I'm not pausing for effect. I'm pausing because every time I tell this story, it just rocks me. And I start, I'm under the power of God. There's no other way to say it. I'm, I'm on the floor at an engagement party looking like an absolute fool. And I'm like, Carmel, don't touch me again. <laughs> right? Please don't touch me. And then we're at our last church service there. It was a Sunday night. No, it was a Friday night, I think. And... You don't know what's going to happen Friday night, Sunday night. It's like you could go till midnight. And I'm sitting on, the, on a chair. I've got just my thongs on and I'm just sitting there worshipping. I'm in the overflow room and, um, and I'm just sitting there. I have my eyes closed and I'm just worshipping the Lord. Jeremy Riddle was leading worship. I remember it. It was awesome. And I was like, and someone comes up and lays hands on my feet. And it was Carmel. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> she lays, lays hands on my feet. And I hit the deck. And I hit the floor. And I'm, I'm talking, I'm violently shaking under the power of God. So much so that the person does what we do now and comes up and he's, is this the Lord? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, leave me alone. <laughs> And it was a moment with me and God, and I, I, that's why I've never really shared on it publicly, but I was so, the veil of his glory was so tangible, and I didn't exactly like see anything. I didn't go into like a third heaven, oh, it might have. I didn't, I, I didn't, there wasn't a, vi a visible image that I saw. But the verse in Revelations where it says that we cast our crowns before the Lord, we worship night and day, day and night. In that moment, I was like, you can take me home. And Shen was pregnant with Charlotte at the time. And I was like, I don't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is what I want. I want this all the time. Because in his presence is the fullness of everything and it was a glimpse of something now I was like if it was kind of that I don't know if anyone's had this but I was like if you increase the glory right now I will die yeah. 
That's what it felt like. I was like, if you turn the notch up to like two, I probably will explode. <laughs> That's what I felt like. I felt that's what it felt like. And it's not about feelings, because we don't live by feelings, we live by faith. But I'm telling you, church, there's more. There is so much more. I believe in good theology. I do. I believe in good doctrine. And Lord, oh Lord, we need a Holy Ghost revival when it comes to Scripture. We really do. We need to not give ourselves to doctrines of demons and really give ourselves to truth because it's knowing the truth that sets us free. But boy, oh boy, if the foundation of the believer is to cast out demons, speak in new tongues and heal the sick, raise the dead, the same spirit that lives in us is the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead. we might need to repent and go back to what we what this says I'm not interested in um, I'm not interested in putting on a show but I'm interested in people encountering Jesus and being set free I'm interested in his presence coming and resting here to transform this region and this house and people and lives Man, oh man, we need him. We need his presence. We need that glory to come and rest, the pneuma of God, the ruach of God, the breath of God. So why don't you stand? This is what we're going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to ask um, our team, just anyone on our team, to come down the front and, and pray. We, we love doing body ministry here all the time, and we don't often get people to come down the front for that reason. One, it's not always the most practical when we've got drawings and papers <laughs> but I just want to pray for people I want to pray for people to encounter the love of God people are like well how do I how do I, I, I want to pray in tongues or I want to be you know baptized in the spirit I, I, I want to do that I want that uh, it's, it's like everything else comes through belief and uh, faith Faith is believing before we see. It's the convictions of things hoped for. It's receiving like a child, you know. It's, it's receiving it by faith. It's receiving it and just saying, I want that, I want that. And not to intellectually think about it in that way, but to just, just believe. But then also, I want to just pray for people to be filled up. You know, I, I know, and I, I've often used the language of like, we have the fullness of God. We don't need to be, you know, full, filled up in that sense. And theologically, I think that's right. But as I shared last week, you know, I'm married to my wife. I'm not becoming more married. But I don't want to sit in a room and just talk about how good my marriage is. I want to have a good marriage. I want to get to know my wife more intimately tomorrow than I do today. That's all that that is, is that we have a touch from the Lord continuously, that the Spirit of God continuously fills us afresh and renews us and gives us you know, strength and builds our inner man up so that we can not just survive in the world, but we can 
actually thrive in the world. That the world wouldn't happen to us, but that we would happen to the world because we're walking out in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? And so I'm going to just pray, but then maybe if Dave and Lise and and Sarah and... Yeah, sure, Bron, that'd be great. Huh? Yeah, yeah. You can if you want to. Yeah, that'd be great. You want to play keys? Or Yoshi or whoever? One of you, yeah, if you want to jump up, you can jump up now. Um, <clears throat> and we're just going to pray for people. We're just going to pray that God would set them on fire. <coughs> so if you guys, yeah, ministry team, you guys want to come out? Maddie, Shem. We'll just leave this space open for you guys if, if you feel comfortable coming out and you just want to want to pray, you want someone to pray with you. It doesn't have to be about those specific things, it can be about something else. But I, you know, I'm I'm watching the body of Christ right now, and there's a lot of tired, weary people. And um, I just really believe the Lord wants to reignite uh, people's faith, stir up the gifts that are within. So Holy Spirit, right now you would come. You would come and walk into this room. Thank you that you're already here, God. By faith, we just believe that people are encountering you right now. That the fear of man would be broken off of people. That we'd be sons and daughters of God that would be led by the Spirit of God. That no height, no depth, no angel, no principality, nor things present, nor things past, nor things to come can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. So we can come boldly to the throne room of mercy and grace in this time and be stirred up. Would your dove, would your spirit, would your ruach of God just come and Remain in this place, Lord. Lord, we just repent right now of anything that maybe we've shut down, maybe we've grieved the Holy Spirit, maybe we've quenched the Holy Spirit. And I just pray right now, would you forgive us of that? Would you forgive us of any time that we have quenched you or grieved you? Because it may look it may look strange to us in our human intellect, but it is what you're doing in the room and I pray for those times where maybe things haven't looked strange they just look normal but you're doing a really deep work and a profound work on the inside of people that because we do not judge according to the flesh anymore but we look you look at the heart and I pray you'd give us new eyes to see and new ears to hear that we would be led by your spirit and your spirit alone And God, I just pray right now, any fiery darts that have lingered on people, that have penetrated people right in this room right now, any lies or any demonic thing that's tried to attach itself to someone or people, we just rebuke it right now, that your presence is here and that thing has to leave. It has no authority and no right to be in this room. And we just cast it out and we pray that you would fill that gap and that void with truth that the truth of God 
would come, where lies have come, the truth would come. In Jesus' name, amen.